What's up, junkies? Nebraska's back at home. We're still looking for bowl eligibility. Maryland comes to town, and we're looking to tear up in that ass. 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. He's going to go. Holy cow. Big red junkies. Game by game. Game by game. He is better than better. He is better than better. He is better than better. Hey, before we go any further, I want all you junkies to like, subscribe, and share. <laughs> that's, a, that's the new thing. We're just starting the show from now on. Are you going to chug that too? I'm prepping for the week. <laughs> so last week, for those of you that didn't get to watch the video, you only listened. Matt, was, Matt opened the show by chugging a beer. God, it was uh, bad. This week, uh, it was uh, the cork on his old whiskey bottle over here. So, <laughs> Welcome to the Big Red Junkies. Uh, we are breaking down Maryland and Nebraska today. I know that I am personally very excited about this game after watching the press conferences this week. Uh, just from a standpoint of, I feel like the coaches pretty much, not so much Satterfield, but Definitely Tony White and Rule both acknowledged, without saying it, even defending saying it, that basically we came out flat. We played flat yeah. against Michigan State. None of them threw anybody under the bus, or even the team is <clears throat> under the bus as a whole. They were just, but yeah, that was a bad game, bad game plan, everything. You know, we've talked a lot the last, shit, it's been half the fucking season now since we realized the defense was as good as it is. Um, about whether or not the offense was going to start, like whether or not the defense was going to start, you know, resenting the offense or whether or not the offense would start affecting the defense. I think hearing Tony White basically acknowledge that the offense has affected the defense and affected his play calling in the Michigan, Michigan State game, that was kind of shocking to me. I don't think he intended it to be that blatant, but he basically got up there and said the way the game was going and it just felt like we were in a rut. I felt like every time I read something and I should have been aggressive, I was calling it to be safe because I didn't want him to pop a big one over the top because I didn't know if we could come back from it. I didn't take that as anything against the offense. I just took They just didn't play up to their standard. The players said that multiple times. They said it on Tuesday. They said it after the game. The defensive players that were up on the podium, they were just like, no, this was not our standard, and we didn't play very good. I'm not talking about the way they played. I'm talking about the way he called plays. The way he called plays and how he specifically said the game was in a rut. We weren't moving in any we weren't moving anywhere. The game was in a rut. I felt like in those moments where I should have been aggressive, I played it safe because I didn't want him to bust it over the top. I was asking while we were watching the game, why are we seeing them complete so many of these underneath passes? It's like we're five five yards behind a guy because he was calling the game that way. He didn't want to be beat over the top for a big play. Stay behind, stay behind them, trying to hold them to a field goal. I don't think, I think it was more they were so, no, because the announcers. He literally said it in his press conference. But the, but the announcers were talking about it, how Tony White told us before the game that they are keying on Carter, the running back. They were focused on the running game. They weren't focused on the passing game. They didn't care about anybody throwing it over the top. Why would you be scared he of Michigan State? literally said it in the press conference. Why would you be scared of Michigan State throwing anything over the top when the, quarter, when the quarterbacks were terrible? It's a game time decision. Yeah, he, he made that adjustment in the game. He's talking he about said. when he read it on the field and he could call 
get up there and blitz or get back. He was he was making adjustments. He's talking about his in-game adjustments when he should have been aggressive, that he was calling it to be safe and stay back. Really, I think the takeaway is that coaching in general for that game was put on its heels and never recovered. Yeah. yeah. We, we started back early. Well, we're, and not tra- we're not trying to rehash the no, game. No, no, no. I, th- I was getting to a point, yeah, which sorry. is the coaches now have a game plan for that, and so we don't have to worry about that as much this coming week. I think Especially against a better team. I think one of the biggest things I took from the press conference of Tony White, he said, you know, we did not play aggressive enough. Our game yeah. plan was not aggressive enough. And that's basically going to, we're going to go back to the way we have been playing. A couple of other things I picked up from him were, um, it sounds like we're going to get a rash of those dudes that they're redshirting that are now going to be available. Um, it sounded like that. It, it sounded like there were a few extra guys in the back end that are going to be coming available to that. He, that they want to focus on trying to get at least a few snaps this, this next couple of weeks. I mean, at what point are we almost gluttonous when it comes on to defense? The, yeah. Like who though? Like who, uh, who, who are like they going to play over? He specifically mentioned Ethan nation. I can't remember the other one that uh, he mentioned right off the top of my head. Corey Collier was another one that he mentioned. Um, just being able to get those guys out there and, and that they've earned some reps, things like that. I, I don't know how they would earn reps over the guys that are out there right now. I don't think it's over the guys. Really well. it's, more, it's more about rotation. It's yeah. more about having that extra. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather have those fresh. guys that have been out there all year out there on defense. I understand it on offense. There's a lot of guys that could get in there, specifically offensive linemen. Defense. I don't understand why you would want to rotate. I, I think actually, I really like it. I think if you have the talent and you want to see what they're made of in a game where they can have some opportunities to flex their muscles a bit, do it. I get that. If, Obviously, if, if they get out there and they get beat, you pull them back out of the game. But if they get out there and they shine, you know you got more talent next year. Considering Nebraska still has something to play for, I would rather have the guys that have been there all season. I don't think they're going to put anybody in a game that's not ready. Well, they've shown that on defense. They're not ready to put guys into games that aren't ready. I'd still rather have the guys that have been out there all season with the ro- massive rotation that they've already have. I'm good with, you know, unless the game's a blowout one way or the other. Then cool, get those guys in there. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't force those guys in there. I guess you heard it here, folks. Jed's calling a blowout. I said one way <laughs> or the other. I didn't say which one. <laughs> what? What? Okay, so let me ask you this: Why to this point have you trusted Tony White's decision making and all those things? And now that he says he's going to have the ability to bring in a couple extra guys that maybe they were holding off until now because of redshirting, that they've played well enough in practice, they practice well enough to put themselves in a position to be able to get on the field for a few plays. Why would you question his decision-making putting them in? The way that I'm f- phrasing this more is I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, and also I think it's a lot of just talk um, until it happens. I mean, we heard this in the offseason. I know this, this is a defensive conversation, but the offseason, we heard all this stuff about the fullback and stuff like that, and we all said, yeah, well, well we Whatever. heard a shit ton of stuff about offense that we haven't seen. But but everything Tony White's told us on defense, there's no reason not to believe him. And I don't know why he'd bring that up and specifically name guys I don't, in a press conference I don't if he wasn't intending it. to give him an opportunity. I don't I don't get it at all. I don't know what the what the reasoning behind it would be. But it came on the heels of talking about that. Uh, oh, he, who's the DN guy? The kid that came out of nowhere, um, Leonard. No, 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 no. I was gonna say the he. other the. Uh, Oh, the Williams kid? Yeah, Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was it was off the heels of a question for him because he got like 15 snaps last week, mm-hmm. whereas prior to that, he had only been coming in on pass rush uh, third down plays. And he said that 
because of his work with Knighton that he had, you know, he's gotten, he'd earned the opportunity to get out there and get some more reps. And so that's why he's in the mix. And if you saw on the depth chart this, this, for this week, he's number two on, on the end. And I think that's awesome. Uh, but it came on the heels of that. He said, he mentioned that there's, you know, there's other guys that, you know, have been kind of sitting back waiting their turn. And now that we're finally to that part of the season that we're able to let them get some reps too, we're going to see some other guys get in the game. It's exciting for me because, I mean, you see, you saw a couple different times last week, especially when, when it only happened a couple times at Michigan State tried to go tempo on us, but it seemed like a couple guys got beat just because they were getting tired. And if you have the ability to rotate in extra guys and stay even fresher at all those positions, why not? If, they're, if the level of play is not dropping off that far. I, I like having Marcus Buford back. I don't mind having him in there. The other guys, if, if they work out, great. I'm just sitting here right now. It's like, uh, whatever. If they get in, cool. If they don't, I, I'd rather Jed just have was the too positive guys. two weeks or two shows ago. He blew his, he blew, blew his whole positive. He's, he's back to being all negative. Jed is he hunched over? <laughs> Christmas is coming. He's getting his bahong bug on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we are in the last quarter of the season. Well, I mean, outside of that, did we take anything else out of the press conference? Uh, I really liked Satterfield talking about how uh, almost that they're they're going to get out of Heinrich Harburg's head, where he brought up how they told Harburg we want to see the Northern Illinois Louisiana Tech Heinrich Harburg. They specifically said where you're running. The same th- thing the rest of the fan base said to them this yeah. last two weeks. Where you're <laughs> running through people's face masks. Yeah, yeah. go hit somebody. Yeah. No, they he, they said run through their face. That's what you were doing before. Yeah. That's what we want you to do again. You know, the last couple of weeks, they've been really focused on teaching him, showing him when to slide. That's kind of one of those. I asked you guys that question a couple of weeks ago. Is he running tentative because he's injured or is it the accumulation of all the hits? I think it's just yeah. now. Was, now, now I think it's just mental. what he's supposed to do. He's thinking too much out yeah. there. Look, we already know that he's a bad shot. So if you're going to be a gunslinger, just shoot yeah. all the bullets. Just go yeah. do your thing. That, that's that's one thing. So I'm I'm hoping that that's the Heinrich Harburg we see. Not that that means that that's a great version of Heinrich Harburg, but it's the better version than what we've it's been. Fantastic seeing. for our run game. Yeah, that's what I mean. The the passing's going to be the same either way. Yeah, if they could call eight of those drag routes across, you know, the mesh drag routes where he can catch a guy ten yards away on a little rollout where the guy's running free on the right side and it goes for ten or twelve yards. Throw eight or ten of those a game. Dump a couple over the top if there's nobody back there and you know you've got somebody running free. Other than that, run the fucking ball the way you did the first fucking half of the well, season. And those routes are going to be open like we saw in the Michigan State game because Purdue showed the game blueprint. Michigan State followed the blueprint to just bring everybody up. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're loading up eight or nine guys in the box, but the safeties are crashing hard on the run game against us because they know that's the only thing we could possibly do. Because our passing game sucks. So, you bring everybody up. Those crossing routes that you're talking about, all that stuff, going over the top of the linebackers, That's the middle of the field is going to be open for guys like Fedoni. Hopefully he can catch. Um, Malachi Coleman. You know, things like that. Those plays can be open. It's just whether or not the quarterback can get him the ball. It'll be interesting to see, too, how tightly this game is called after how much scrutiny nationally there was on that game. Against Michigan State, because there were there were there were different like bad beats moments. Picked it up for Scott Van Pelt the end of the game 
the the refing stuff, like the refing stuff was talked about like on ESPN and on Fox and all that stuff. So I wonder if the Big Ten's going to be like, okay, well, you need to call this game tight as fuck, and we're going to see a lot of penalties in this game. But every Big Ten game it has bad referee calls. <laughs> I was going to say, and they still we don't talk get about better. That. So they, they we talked give, about that. They could give us their best crew, and I still don't feel good about what, it. What makes you think that all of a sudden they're going to call a game well? Like? I didn't say call it well. I said <laughs> more penalties. And also, more penalties to me just equals ticky-tack bullshit calls, yeah. too. Like. There were a lot of things that didn't get and called that, that weren't ticky tag. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying and I that was on both sides. I don't yeah. want. Such I'm not a, saying it was. No, I know. I know. Unfair I know. one way or the other. I know. I know. I don't want the slingshot of okay, this game is boring as fuck to watch because we've seen so many fucking penalties. Yeah, yeah. we had that a couple weeks ago. Um, anything else about from you guys about the press conferences? No, not really. The only other thing that I that I thought of that, you know, I thought it was funny that. It almost seemed like Rule was the most relaxed and most almost jovial and conversational after a loss than he was after the last three wins that we had. Because mm-hmm. he talked for 36 minutes on Monday, and he went through a lot of stuff. He addressed a lot of things. Uh, I was really happy to hear that Prince Will is going to be most likely back this week because we found out it was concussion protocol last week. That was really funny how he pr- corrected himself. He's like, he's like he's, he's going through protocol, couldn't get out of it. He, I, I mean, he wasn't healthy. <laughs> it's like it's like what are you coaching him to try and beat the beat the test? What's going on here? Um but no, I, outside of that I just thought I thought it was good that he stood up and he he did address and he talked about the two. You know, he even brought up the the Rob touchdown in the in the Mich- or Minnesota game uh and kind of just talked about the difference between a ref missing a call and replay. He's like we gotta we gotta protect the refs. We can't beat up the refs too bad. We need them to be out there in order to play the game. But I don't understand replay fucking stuff up like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super fair the way he said it, and he I don't think he would have said that if he hadn't already had confirmation from from the big Big Ten that he was correct in those calls. Yep. And we never really heard that after the Minnesota game, but now I feel like we've heard you were vindicated in thinking that those both were not touchdowns yeah. by the Big Ten officer. You wouldn't have said that on... on- Especially when he said, and I, I don't know if this is the exact quote, but he said, everybody's in agreement that that wasn't a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And w- when he's going to say everybody, that means the Big Ten called him and said, mm, it wasn't really Matt a touchdown. Matt Rule picks his words specifically. <laughs> yeah. He does. He's like a politician that way. Yep. Um, only la- Last thing about the press conferences, I mean... Uh, our our guy Jamie Nelson, you said he's one of your buddies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, out on Big Big Red Junkies Nation. By the way, if you're not there, follow us on Facebook, Big Big Red Junkies. Uh, we also have our fan group, Big Red Junkies Nation. It's uh, it's kind of turned into like a podcast fan group. There's a lot of podcasts that post stuff in there. A lot of good fun content. Content. It is for adults. Uh, if you're one that gets your feelings hurt easily, fuck off. Fuck off. Stay the fuck <laughs> out of there. You're probably already not listening, so you're not going to hear about it anyway. But um, what up, Jamie Nelson? Thanks for all the uh, the stuff here. What we were actually looking for were questions for our pipe or no pipe segment, um, whether or not something was a pipe dream. But you actually gave us some good stuff to talk about here. And I thought it was interesting, the the thing you brought up about, are the two sides of the ball taking on the mentality of their coach? He asked if, you know, he said, he said the defense is fired up. Tony White is fired up when he talks. He's aggressive. He's succinct. He says what he means. He's, you know, he's attacking in his speech and that he goes after it. And that's the, that's embodied by the defense. They're always fired up. They're ready to get out there and go on the flip side. Satterfield just kind of seems ho-hum. Jed and I lamented 
when we were watching it a little bit before you got here that he's he's almost like everybody else is all sounds the same, but then you get Satterfield and he's kind of aloof. He kind of seems like he doesn't really want to be on the podium. Seems a little bit like he doesn't care. It's kind of like Scott Frost was, and we you know you said I don't think it would bother a lot of people if we didn't just get rid of that. Yeah, and we're not saying that he doesn't care. No, 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 not at all. Just to make sure we're, that nobody hears that, says because obviously we know we believe that he cares. I think he it's loves just the, the way that he football. comes across. Yeah, yes. he just doesn't like press conferences. There's yeah. a difference. Yes, um, but I, I mean, you might be onto something. To answer your question, Jay, you might be onto something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, either you guys have anything on this? I, I, my, my, I've read that question from him, and, and my <laughs> biggest thing is like, well, but we've seen this here at Nebraska, like Charlie McBride. Very fiery, loud. And also, I think that that's what defenses should be. They should sure. be out much more energetic and fiery, all that stuff. And then, I know he was the head coach, but he was the play caller. So, Tom Osborne, very ho-hum, methodical, nonchalant, kind of just monotone voice, Bueller. You know what I mean? Go about your business. But I wouldn't say that, that the 90s offense under Osborne or any offense under Osborne was bad like that <laughs> you know as far as or just ho-hum, ho-hum monotone like they were very explosive they were very physical so i mean i get the point um because a lot of people talk about stuff like that they talk about you know whether it's a coach like and we're i'm just gonna bring this up because <clears throat> it's local a coach like bo Pelini that's a fiery or you get a guy like i know i could say mike riley who's you know just down to earth whatever but even like you mean t- up in the clouds but even like a Phil Jackson, a guy that just kind of sits there, at least during games and stuff like that. I know there's stories of Phil Jackson and practices and all that stuff are totally different. But you get a guy that just sits there and just kind of lets the game happen and stuff like that. It's all just however you are built. And the team knows what kind of play- person these coaches are. So I don't know if it's really that way, but we've seen it here before at Nebraska where this coach that is just <clears throat> mellow, but the offense is definitely not. So, I don't know. you have an opinion on this one at all? Not really. I think it's a coincidence. Yeah. I would agree with it more being a coincidence. Uh, I, I think our defense is good, and so they come across really fiery. I think our offense is bad, so they come across ho-hum. I mean, that's that's a short, <laughs> simple, sweet version. It, it's called confidence. <laughs> yeah, like, it, yeah, it is confidence. 100%. I, don't, I don't think our defense fucking everybody up the way they are just comes from our our defensive coordinator's confidence. Yeah. No, but it, at the same time, you know, looking at the way Rule builds out his staff, looking at the, the way Rule builds out his team, he goes after guys that sound the same, that walk the same, that talk the same, that do the same stuff. Maybe on a press conference setting, Satterfield doesn't fit that bill, but Rule was... Or Satterfield was one of Rule's first calls for, to fill out his staff. Also, yeah. before the season, we were talking about Tony White being the odd man out and not really <clears throat> saying much in press conferences because he's, and not, he has never not fitting the mold. Because, exactly. Yeah. And so that's what I... Yeah. I don't really see it. I, I just... I feel like even though we don't... We might not see it from the public perspective on, yeah. the, on the podium, that he's got to still be doing the stuff that Rule wants him to be doing or he wouldn't be here. No. Yeah. And he definitely wouldn't have been a first option for mm-hmm. him. Um, that being said, you guys want to bounce into those, uh, pipe or no pipe questions? Here we go. Pipe or no pipe. From a US fee, from a USC fans perspective, is it pipe or no pipe? Tony White takes the D coordinator job. 
Uh, for them, it would be Pipe, because he's not going anywhere. He's not, unless he's a head coach. He's not going to USC. I don't even think USC's calling him, so it doesn't really matter. Get Pipe. That's a lateral move, in my opinion. Yeah. You don't go from your your spot here to your spot there if you're not moving up. Nope. So, either NFL. I can see him being a coordinator in the NFL, but otherwise. But that's not a lateral move. That's right, that's what I'm saying. Up, yeah. it, and it's definitely not USC. Yeah. Pipe or no pipe. Nebraska, Purdue, Northwestern, and Rutgers win this weekend, giving Nebraska the lead in the Big Ten West. Uh, fat pipe. Um, I could see a couple of those happening, all four at the same time. That's like lightning hitting you the same time, twice on the same day. Yeah, I'm going to lay that big fat pipe right on the chin. Like, that is not happening. Pipe or no pipe? We see Chubba Purdy play a snap this week, not due to injury. I'm going to lay another fat pipe on the chin, on the other pipe that's on the other chin. Jesus Christ. No. I don't even know what to do with all that. But (laughs) I don't even know how you smoke that all at the same time. Just, just regular well, size she, pipe. She figures out a way. Like regular size. Jesus Christ! Wow. Like, like, like we talked um, on the last show. Unless there's an injury, we're going with the guy we got. Yeah. Pipe or no pipe? What up, Stacy? <laughs> Nebraska volleyball makes it through the season undefeated. Uh, it's small pipe. It's so hard to go undefeated, especially when you play that many games in the season. So Stacy's going to be really pissed off at me. I'm going to say a big pipe because I did a little bit of research on this one. It's been 14 years since a team went undefeated uh, in volleyball, and it's not going to happen this time. I also don't want them to because that puts so much more pressure on you at the end of the year. Hey. Also, it doesn't matter. Also, it's volleyball. Who gives a fuck? Well, I'm not going to say that but because I still want them to win. <laughs> yeah, but no, I... It, I'm with you. It, it, like, I like Nebraska winning and everything. When you when you have a 60-14 tournament, it doesn't fucking matter. No. Stacy, we appeased you with the volleyball question this week. I expect a real question out of you for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Um, let's jump into uh, previewing uh, previewing Maryland here, man. Um, do you want to start off with the uh, the funny uh, information, or do you have any this week? I do. Well, it's I don't know how funny it is, but. Uh, Maryland was very tough. Interesting. To, uh, f- pushing it. Uh, <laughs> hey, I was trying to help. You know what they have? I know. Six libraries. Fuck off. Yeah, I know. So it's on their website. This is the most. Is an interesting fact. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> they have six it's libraries. This is an interesting fact. <laughs> don't you find this interesting? We have six libraries. No, I don't at all. <laughs> In case you want to not use the internet and. Be a nerd. So there's six places to do it. This is how Big Red Junkies does it, as far as interesting facts. There's a guy named George Lauer that graduated from Maryland a long fucking time ago. He is actually the inventor of the UPC, the barcodes that we all use to scan our groceries and everything else like that. So he went to Maryland. He got a job for uh, IBM. Uh, He went to the military, World War II, all this stuff. Uh, so we can't crack on him. Uh, <laughs> and out when he, and he like survived polio as a kid. Jesus. Like he's gone through some shit. And he had to go to Maryland. And he went to, uh, IBM after the military and after Maryland. And he is, he's the inventor of something that we use every single day. I, I it said, uh, as of 2019, a UPC barcode is scanned over 6 billion times a day. I believe it. Like, and I I went to the store uh, 
before I came over here. And I was scanning stuff, and I was like, well, yep. Man changed the world. <laughs> That's a boring-ass fun fact. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and they have six here's, libraries. Here's my fun fact for Maryland. They list their college campus size as five square kilometers, because they're not in fucking America, apparently. Uh, yeah, fart noise. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Let's jump into the offense first there, Jed. Well, Maryland is, before I get into the offense, Maryland is a team, you know, everybody talks about them at the beginning of the year because they always start the year 4-0, 5-0, whatever it is, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, they're a top 20, top 15 team. Maybe they're going to sneak up on people. They could maybe compete against Ohio State, like with what happened this year where they, I think they started 5-0 and or whatever it was. And then every single year they just collapse and they play like shit as the season continues. So the last three years, the record by month, in the month in September, they're 12 and one. In October, they're four and seven. In November, they're two and seven. Jesus. So it's like as they get into conference play, they just plummet. And the numbers back it up so far this year. They're the exact same thing as they have been. Uh, they have the, mo- I mean, their running game isn't horrendous. They don't do it enough to that it's like effective, but they do have the second most ten plus yard running plays in the Big Ten with one hundred and two. Wow! Uh, or they have the most. I'm sorry, not the second most. They have the most, uh, and they have the third most twenty plus yard passing plays. And the third ranked offense of the Big Ten. I yeah, know. their offensive line. They've kind of they bounced. They've had eight different starters on the offensive line this year. Uh, their left guard or their, their left tackle has been the same guy all year, but everybody else has been a big rotation. Uh, the, their left guard and their right guard it, at the beginning of the season are now switched. So the guy that started as their left guard is now their right guard. The guy that started as their right guard is now their left guard. They've been in and out. The right tackle has been a cycle and there's been two guys at the center position that has rotated all year. So I don't know that I would really call them a patchwork offensive line like ours is because it's still the same eight guys. We are bringing in new guys, unfortunately, seeming on a consistent basis. Pretty much every week. Yeah. Um, they rotate three running backs, but it's pretty pretty much Roman Hemby is their main guy. He's also a threat to catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, he has the fifth most catches on the on the team. As far as the running game, though, yes, he gets a couple of yards. It's it's almost a little bit like the Michigan State running back last year, where he gets he gets some yards, but he doesn't get in the end zone. He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since week three. You know, Carter last week he hadn't started scored it, and he still hasn't scored a touchdown since week two. So, the quarterback position, we all know Tonga Vailoa is really good. I mean, there's really not much else you can really say about him. Um, wide receiver wise, I, I I truly think we we I don't remember who we got in the discussion with about this. I think he's very very similar to his brother. Yeah, he just doesn't have all the weapons around him no. that his brother had. Yep. Um, he I mean he makes the same type of plays. He I don't know if he is or not. I actually didn't look this up, but he seems a little bit bigger than Tua. Um, and he's right handed, so that helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his his receivers and uh, running backs don't have to figure out how to catch the ball from him. Uh. But as far as the wide receivers, they spread the ball around. They have nine different guys that have caught a touchdown pass. Uh, oh, wow. Three of the guys have four or more. Nebraska has five guys that have caught a touchdown pass this year. Only one of them with more than one. 
So, like I said, they spread the ball around. Their leading wide receiver is Deshaun Jones. He was also the leading wide receiver last year, so he's got experience. But well, they scored a so all those stats that you're listing off. They scored a shit ton of points the first six games of the season. Well, again, first five games. Of the that's season. but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. as they get into conference play, just and the best defense that they played in that entire run is Michigan State the week after Mel Tucker got fired. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they beat Townsend. Don't even know where the fuck that is. I'm guessing like New Jersey or fucking Delaware or something like that. Uh, Charlotte, Virginia, before Virginia figured out what the fuck they were doing this year. Yep. Uh, I think Virginia was 0-2 going into that game. Uh, Michigan State and Indiana. And they beat the brakes off of pretty much all of them. Uh, and then you go to you go to Ohio State where they just get trounced. Mm-hmm. Lose a close one to Illinois. Lose a reasonably close one to Northwestern that wasn't that close. Northwestern controlled that game the entire way. And then you look at an absolute drubbing that they got from Penn State last week. And that was also Ohio State without their stud running back, Travion Henderson. So, yeah. yeah. Which is why it was close for the first quarter and a half. Was was Marvin Harrison Jr. in for that game or not? Because I know he was out for one or two games. I don't know. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. They got beat down. And like we talked about just now, leading into the defense, they have gotten their doors blown off the last five weeks in a row. Four yeah, in a row. D- their defense honestly is just fucking boring, dude. They're <laughs> they're 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 middle of the road in pretty much every category. Um, eighth overall in the Big Ten, sixth overall in rush defense, second to last in pass defense. Um, wow. they don't cause turnovers, which doesn't play into our strength, but no. Whatever. <laughs> but I mean, it gives us opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. have they're giving up after September because. Like he like he was saying, after September they become a much worse team. They're they're giving up over over an extra hundred yards a game after September. Much better offenses that they're playing, but yes, I true. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting. True, down. But, but that's a lot of I mean, yards. Just just in <laughs> it is a shit yeah, ton of extra. Just yards. in passing alone, they're giving up an extra sixty. Jesus Christ per game. Yeah. So I mean they're they're not great. They they don't really get much for turnovers. They're negative eight over the last two months, and their turnover margin obviously Nebraska's worse. But, I mean, in their last four games, they have a total of two takeaways. One fumble, one interception. That's it. Mm-hmm. They don't really ball hawk. They don't even really tackle that well. I was looking at their tackling numbers. They only have two dudes that are over 30 in tackles for the year. Um, it's this Bo Brady and whoever this hippo light guy is. It sounds like a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they have those two guys and then everybody else is in the twenties or below just for comparison. Nebraska has eight guys that are over 30 in tackles on the year. Um, they just, they don't, they don't do much on defense. They don't jump off the page. They're not flashy at all. They don't have anybody who stands out. No. Uh, And it seems like their secondary is very vulnerable, which doesn't necessarily help us, but it doesn't hurt us either. Yep. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, mostly from a standpoint of, we talked during our, second half preview that this was probably going to be our toughest game in the second half matchup wise like you just said defensively they match up against our strengths offensively they match up against if you're going to call it a weakness our weaknesses I feel like we've almost seen our passing defense get almost in line with our rushing defense over the last couple weeks not last week well Last week Again, was... we just talked about how he was calling the game and he was calling them to stay behind the guys, give them the underneath stuff, but not not give them over top. He said he, he called himself out in his press conference. He called himself out for not being in the right place 
for, I think it was Gifford, who blew the read on the tight end, or to cover the tight, the tight end that was running down the middle of the field in the opening drive. And he said, if if he sees me and he sees his his assignment, he is able to cover him and we're off the field three and out. Instead, we put, we let him put three points on the board for it. And so whether that's actually his fault or whether or not it wasn't it wasn't seen or was somebody wasn't looking in the right place whatever the fuck it might be you look at learning opportunities like that in a game and the way that Tony White's defense has responded after a bad situation i think we're going to see an extremely clean extremely aggressive game from the defense this week i hope so i mean they better we're going to need to if we stand a chance in this game i hope that they come out just like they did against illinois yep after the michigan loss uh, Just ready to fuck people up. The downside to that is, is we gave up 280 something passing yards to Illinois in that game, so it's kind of like, and Maryland's a much better passing team. But you still, think overall, is the is the number one threat on offense? Oh gosh, yes. I mean, he's the guy with the ball in his hands on every play. So yeah, and they don't really have a one big play wide receiver, do they? No, they spread the ball around. They, I mean, they got the Jashawn Jones, who is their leading receiver, and he was the re- leading receiver last year as well, but. They, they spread the ball around pretty well. Like I said, they have three guys with four or more touchdowns. So, Talia is the number one threat on their team. Yeah, yeah, offense or defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if our offense can just do what they're good at, we could have a decent game. And what is that? Run the ball. Are they? Because they haven't been lately. They're, Last they two games still, have been rough. They still have the second best. They, well, they're technically number offense. one rushing offense okay. in the Big Ten. I get it, but it's been going down. The last handful of weeks, it's just trying in the wrong way. It, it's so weird that Nebraska in week ten or eleven, whatever this is, is number one in the Big Ten in rushing offense. When you have a team like Penn State who had five returning offensive linemen, two running backs, one of them was not over nine hundred yards rushing last year. One was over a thousand yards rushing last year. They're not number one. Michigan with the offensive line that they have and Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. And then you got Wisconsin with Braylon Allen. I know he's injured right now, but still Wisconsin with an uh, athlete like Braylon Allen. We're kind of number one by necessity. We're, we're number one because of Heinrich Harburg's first couple of games. That's what I mean. We're, we're, we're number one I'm because I'm also just going to say we're number one because we're pretty good at running the ball. That's what I'm saying. Plain I'm and just simple, saying lately. We're, we're pretty good at running the ball. We haven't had, we've had a couple rough games of it. Yes. The thing to keep in mind there, and this is something else I was going to point out about Mr. Jamie Nelson's comments, he, he made a reference to the fact that the offense is struggling, and he specifically pointed out the offensive line has struggled. I don't think the offensive line has been near the problem this year that a lot of people have tried to point out. Correct. I, I think that you have a quarterback who doesn't go through progressions. You have a quarterback who doesn't throw the ball well. We do most of our damage on the ground. Period. Yes, we've gotten some explosive plays in the past game, but the majority of our, our damage is done on the ground. And with when you look at the fact that we've had two guys go down with season-ending injuries three games ago, three or three or four now, two two games ago, two games, ago. two games yeah. ago. But one uh, of, one of them's back. No, no we I had wouldn't. two of them go down with season-ending injuries. Oh, I'm sorry. That that I game we had three out, and and Duelli's back now. Yeah. Uh, but he was first week back after having a meniscus repair. Is that what I understand? Something like that, yeah. Uh, which is not something you normally come back a week later from. No. Uh, I don't know if they did kind of a Band-Aid thing on him, and he's going to get more surgery after the season or what the deal is. But um, I really think you have to give the offensive line some credit, especially 
Or at least some slack. It, well, some slack, but I think you have to give them some credit. There were a lot of times last week where time was not the problem. No. Time was not the problem, a lot of it. I thought Prohaska played a much better game than he did two weeks ago, and I thought Ben Hart played a really good game again. Like, like he's a guy I feel like I'm now like awkwardly praising every week because almost out of necessity because I was so mean to him last year. And the year before that. Yeah. And the year All before season. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was focused on Jurgens two years ago. Uh, but <laughs> as, as, as far as that goes, I, I just mean, if you're going to look at our offense as a whole, you really have to give a lot to our wide receivers and the way that they block downfield. Uh, and what they're doing, especially last game, they were all getting open tons, even though they weren't getting the ball. They're doing, they're working their butts off, and you got to give a lot of credit to that offensive line. I think if if we can, if they can clear the cobwebs and get Harburg out of his head, like you said, might be a dangerous dangerous day on the on the ground for us. Well, and the other thing is like, it it can't be too bad if you're leading the the conference, not just in rushing, but you're leading the conference in uh, 10 plus yard gains. You're leading the conference in 20 plus yard gains of running the ball. Like that that's not the 20 uh, plus yard speaks to the wide receivers blocking downfield. But that's, that's not a recipe <laughs> to say that this offensive line sucks. No, not at all. Like it actually falls back and makes you kind of sound silly saying it. It is. Is this offensive line what we number one are used to or number one, what we want? No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What we're used to? We're used to the offensive line. I'm talking, I'm talking guys like me back in the day. No, no, no. The, you know, two decades ago. From before I was born. Yeah. yeah. Two decades ago, sure. But we haven't had a stellar offensive line since early Bo Pelini yeah. days. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's not where we want to be, but it's definitely better than what we've seen in the last handful of years. Because we're getting, we're getting some plays done. Now, again, is it sort of regressing the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Maybe we can pick it up against Maryland. We'll find it's out. It's also but... going to regress when you're piecemealing it in. Like, Yeah. It, you lose we... two offensive linemen, three offensive linemen for one game. You lose, you've lost your th- top three running backs. You've lost your top four wide receiver threats. You lost your starting quarterback, and he wasn't very good anyway, so you replace him with another guy who hasn't played football in three fucking years. How yeah. much do people really expect from this offense? Yeah, I I mean, seriously, though, like of all the anger and all the things that all these fans are saying out there that our players and our coaches are reading. You know what they want? Instant success. Instant gratification. They want a national championship tomorrow. They want nice. Casey Thompson to come back. Yeah, what the fuck ever. I don't want to hear his <laughs> name anymore. I'm just, it, it, t- to me, it's. When you, if you just list out the things that have gone wrong that are out of the control of anyone on the offensive side of the ball, other than Xavier Betts leaving, which is his control, mm-hmm. how do you blame anybody for what's gone on with the offense this year? And how do you look at a team that, in the first year of a rebuild, is already with th- three games left on the schedule, already ahead of schedule from where we have been the last five fucking years in a row? I agree. Under an offensive genius coach. And not just let this stuff go and just be excited and happy about what the future is going to bring us. Or at least be optimistic that things are trending upwards. Yeah. Anybody who says they're not trending upwards doesn't know how to fucking do math because five is more than four. So I'm hearing you guys are both going to be really optimistic when we get to our prop bets today. 
Oh, I'm just basically, eh. I'm going on a little rant to I basically just tell everybody to shut the fuck up. Although Enjoy I, the moment and enjoy the growth we're going through. I will say that I don't think that we are as good as our record is, but I also am, don't think that we're as bad as some yeah. people are saying As we a are. fan, no. I can enjoy our success this year and still expect more. Yeah. I'm not saying we can't expect more. I'm saying don't and be I a can, douche I, about it. I can still blame our offensive line for not being as good as they could be or our starting quarterback for overthrowing the ball four or five times mm-hmm. a game. How do you know the offensive line's not as good as they could be? Not as good as they were ranked to be, I should say. That they all came in with better expectations than being, you know, in Corcoran's situation, the worst tackle. He wasn't supposed to be a tackle the whole fucking time. Doesn't mean he's not a tackle. He's not a tackle. He is by position that he's playing. He he is a tackle. Was playing, whatever. Obviously, he's he's not in anymore. Not a tackle, Corcoran. (laughs) So that's what I mean. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Shout shout, shout out. uh, What's his name? Uh, Jurgens, no, not a center Jurgens. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I get what you're saying, but <laughs> I can also still expect guard. more. I'm not saying you can't expect more, but you I, also don't need. To I'm be also not being a it. keyboard warrior every yeah. week yeah. and being an asshole directly to the team. Yeah. So, yep. So once again, that's none of you. We love all of you. That that's not true. Don't be a douche. <laughs> <laughs> um. Any anybody else that we're that we're specifically focused on on Maryland side of the ball? No, dude. They they don't have any. Who's who's your who's your key players you want to watch this week on offense for Nebraska? Is it Harburg? I think it has to be. I, mainly, you know, with like I said, with what Satterfield talked about, is Harburg going to be get out of his own head with everything that they've been trying to fill it in? Which I'm not blaming them because they they're trying to teach him. They're trying to advance him. They're trying to get make him better. I get it. But I think it was too much and for I, him. I really hope that doesn't mean that they go completely away from the pass. Because there's some opportunity there mm-hmm. this week. No, but I think if you settle back into that under 15 attempts range, that's manageable. Throwing the ball 30 times is not something Heinrich Harburg should be doing. I no. think it's an in-game decision. If it's working in the game, do it more. If and it's th- not I working think, in the game, do it less. I think that's what happened in the Michigan State game. With Satterfield up in the booth, he saw how many wide he saw receivers that it could work. were so wide open. Yeah, but he it wasn't a quarterback working. that could throw it. I know. He, he can't look at what could work. He needs to look at what is working. Which goes back to what we talked about in the last show. Is it execution, or is it the coaches putting the players in the best position to be successful? Yeah. It's probably both, but I mean, I can't really blame an offensive coordinator sitting up in the... In, in, in the top of the stadium and seeing all these guys run wide open. It's like, and then seeing the defense crowd the line of scrimmage to take away our running game. You have to fucking run to, yeah. to keep them honest or you have to throw, I'm sorry, to keep them honest. Mm-hmm. So if you see these guys wide open and you see everybody crowding the box, you're going to call more passing plays. That's just, you would talk about math. That's math. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't really blame him for doing it. I can't really blame him for doing it. It just sucks that the execution didn't yeah. work. So. so I hope yeah. whatever mind voodoo they're doing on him this week to get him back right yeah. works. Yep. But I, I don't want to see no passes in this game. Yeah. Slammer jammer time. I do think if we are going to see 15 plus passes, um, my guy to watch in that is Malachi. I thought him getting, Shocker. getting five. No, I'm just I'm saying. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but I'm if, just... you look, if you look at the last four weeks since he got that first target, we yeah. talked about it, talked about mm-hmm. it. 
he's progressed every week, and now they're to the point that Rule brought him up, Satterfield brought him up. The way that he blocks draws attention to everybody. Yeah, he was um, also one of the guys that came in the, in the press conference the uh, yeah, Tuesday, and he's and he got five targets last week. He had four the week before. He's been trending up, and I think he's one of the, if not most. Athletic dudes on our team, he's got to be right there, one A, one B. Have we seen is uh, little baby Billy going to be back this week? I don't know. I really hope not. Just catching punts because yeah. that was a, that was a miserable. I don't idea. think that'll. I don't think we'll see that again. I don't either. But do you, the way do they we talk know? about they talk about Ethan Nation being ready, yeah. and I don't. I think that even if we don't see him play on defense, like Tony White alluded to, I think he's our guy to be back there catching punts if Kemp's not ready to go full bore. The fact that Rule said. I had Ethan Nation come into my office on Sunday strictly to apologize to him for not using him more in the punt return game on Saturday. Yeah. That says, more than likely, I can't imagine anybody but Ethan Nation at least starting as the punt returner for this game. Unless unless Billy Kemp is ready to yeah. go. But he needs to be ready to at least return a, yeah. a, yeah. a punt. I don't, I don't, I think the, I think that, that thought, whatever went through there, I don't think that that was executed very well. And there was a question, another question from Jamie Nelson about our special teams and whether or not all the talk in the offseason about, you know, we kind of talked about this too on the rap, uh, recap show for Michigan State, was, was all the talk in the offseason about, you know, we want to be aggressive and we, we want to return punts and all those things. Was it just talk? Mm-hmm. He asked was, you know, is is the special teams really getting all the attention that having a full-time special teams coordinator, you know, deserves? It made me think to myself, and I'm not necessarily answering this question, but it made me think to myself, is is that kind of just a title that he got and he's really just more of a local recruiter? Because it does seem like it do- the way that our special teams has played so up and down and so like I'm not talking about the kicking game being consistent yeah. or anything like that. I'm not talking about technique things of those natures, but I'm talking more about the inability to get aggressive, the inability to cover punts. We've talked about that a lot the last couple of weeks. Do we feel like we're really getting our money's worth when it comes to filling a coordinator's a special teams co- coach's spot like that? I don't know how you can. F- I mean, at least in this moment, I don't know how you can feel like you're getting the money's worth because we're not doing it. Talking for special teams because no, I think I, he did a great job. That's what I'm talking about. Getting into schools and recruiting around Nebraska. Yeah, but make him a recruiting coordinator. He doesn't need to be a fucking. But I also am not. I'm not dismissing what he could possibly do in the future because you know I maybe seeing the lack of productivity this year is just going to make them go completely back to the drawing board. At least it better, but. You can't sit there and say that you're getting your money's worth so far this year when you have your longest punt return is eight yards on the entire season. And there's no aggression. You saw what happened last year. There's no aggression. We 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 kind of did the joke about how they talked about we're not going to fair catch and blah, blah. And then they literally went out to, in one entire game and said, we're just fair catching. No, they told them ahead of time. I know. That's what I'm saying. And then they didn't even execute the fair catches. Matt pointed that out. What the fuck are you fair catching a ball for on the four-yard line? Yeah. What are you saving us? Three yards, maybe? The ball's most likely going in the fucking end zone or bouncing back the other direction. Yep. I'm just saying, I don't know how you can you can legitimately say that we're getting our money's worth right now. 
Yeah, I, I do feel like, but that also isn't dismissing the f- the potential for the future. But. That, that that's my whole point is yeah. I think special teams it, it revolves around a few key players that we might just not have. Yeah, this year, and so that could be part of why he's been so heavy on the recruiting trail is he needs those guys, and so because of that, the special teams coordinator that's something that I need to see long term. Yes, to see if we're getting any value out of it. You can come in and you can fix a few guys because they actually make sense in their position. Like, I don't know, the entire defense. <laughs> and, and they could do better. With, I, I didn't want to think of a single name because the whole defense is better. No, but you're but right. It, it, special teams is a little different because you have a few key players who are doing that. And so if you just don't have the players you need, you're not going to try and run a ball back if you already got three guys around you. Yeah. My That's whole fair. opinion was just up until this point right no, now. For sure. Yeah. The numbers definitely don't say we had an emphasis on returning punts. Yeah. The main reason I ask about the or are, even we kickoffs, our, like, are we getting our money's worth for having a full-time coordinator is if you remember last year, Bill Bush started the season as the full-time special teams oh. coordinator. And that was the only position on position group or, or team or whatever on the team that you can say we saw a, a market improvement over the year before. And I, I like it was it was very 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 obvious. I thought that it was much better last year than it was the Our prior special year. teams last year. Yes, it was better than it has been this year. Okay, and he's thinking of one play where we blocked a punt. Yeah, we, no, we, we blocked, blocked one this year. We blocked too. a kick this year. <laughs> we blocked, we blocked a field two, goal this two year. Kicks yeah. this year. No, and I, I'm not. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm just talking about like punt coverage got better last year. We actually the joke wasn't whether or not we would have you know negative one yard rushing the entire time or returning the entire game. Yeah, I didn't think our special teams was good last year, but I didn't say it was good. I said it was improved over the atrocious atrocity that it was the year before. Also, something I think we should look into, and I'm I, I'm just speculating now. What does special teams look like across the country? Has covering punts just gotten better? The whole delayed punt thing that we see teams do the now style has become has, very has common. Affected some stuff. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing. I think they. I think I heard somebody say earlier this year that there's five SEC schools now using a rugby style kicker. Yeah, I mean, unless you have some sort of crazy electric returner, are we really seeing that much on special teams? Something we should I look don't into. Know. I mean, you do, but it's that's something we should look into. It's not nearly as prominent as it has been in the past. Right. Yeah, and so. Does a special does a special teams coordinator even make sense? Is it useful? I think it, I think it is very important, but that's my own opinion. Based on what we saw prior to having one, I agree. I think it is. I think it is super important, and I think Ed Foley's a. I think he's a good guy to have on staff. He's a Matt Rule dude, and like I said, he was the guy who got into every single. You know, he got boots on the ground in every single high school in Nebraska. And all those coaches are wearing multiple hats. Let's not kid ourselves. Absolutely. Let me adapt what I said as far as that I think a special teams coordinator is important. Because I, I said this last year going into the season when uh, the there was a supposed emphasis on Scott Frost taking over special teams. As long as the entire coaching staff gives a shit about special teams, then special teams will be important to the team. So it's cool to have the one guy or the collective group but whether you have the one guy or not, the collective group has to give a shit about special teams. So it's, whether or not it's the one guy with a title or not, eh, the whole coaching staff has to care about special teams sure. in order for it to be successful. You have a guy on the defense we're looking out for? I, I just want to see the defense play the way that they have been. 
Like I, I don't want the tentative stuff. I don't want. I want the aggression that. Yeah, I want. Tony, I want to see more about. out of our secondary than we did last. Yes, week. and we're gonna need it big time. Yep. I'm super excited. And to that's see. a collective. I can't really. I can't pick no. out one guy. Nope. I'm excited to see a guy like Prince will come back if he is 100 mm-hmm. percent for this week, just simply because of the stuff that they were talking about two weeks ago, and how he's how his game has upped, and how he has started to affect the way that the 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 passing game looks at some of their short outs, the what what he does on the edge, to then, you know, essentially he's spying the quarterback, making him stay home, but also the way that he's moving, he's doing some of those upper echelon NFL type moves where he's essentially sitting in that window and making sure and he's taking away that lower pass for them, which takes away an option, which is gonna give our guys up the middle more time to get pressure back on him. That one big hit that he had in the Purdue game, Tony White talked about that play specifically. He, had, he, he took away the pass. He dropped and back. He dropped yep. the dude at the same time. He dropped back, took away the slant, the angle yeah. for the slant, and then as soon as he checked down, the quarterback checked down to the running back. Boom! Prince will took off. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Making plays like that are going to make him play on Sunday for sure. And you need a guy like that to play against Talia because yep. those are bread and butter plays for them. Yep. yep. We get him back. That's going to be huge. Well, so that's who I'm watching out for this week. And especially plays like that, like I just talked about with the Purdue game. Um, like I said, their running back has the fifth most catches on the Maryland's team. Those little swing so, passes, man. That's, exactly. And we're really good against those. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what that, we've talked that about. Open all field year. tackling is going to be key. Well, yep. we've talked about that all year. How fast we're getting three, four guys in a picture on those types of plays. So. Yep. I really think this is this could turn out to be a really nice test for Nebraska's defense, but also be a really nice game. I think it's the biggest test for Nebraska's defense. I mean, I we could go back two or three games, and I would say this is the biggest test for our defense the rest of the season. We said that in the second yeah. half preview. Yeah. For sure. Let's go ahead and jump into the questions, man. I'm excited to see what you got this week. How many do you have? I got eight questions. Ooh, I've been having eight, seven eight. lately, but... Uh, I almost thought of a ninth one, but eh, whatever. Throw it out. Uh, question one. I'm going back to this one just because it's too much of the story. Fumbles by Nebraska again. Uh, not lost fumbles, just fumbles. I moved the number back down to two and a half from three and a half last week. Nebraska is averaging 3.3 in the last three games. Maryland opponents has fumbled the ball six times. Four of those were forced. And Maryland has gotten four of them. Again, not that that matters to the question. But the uh, Maryland opponents has only have only fumbled the ball six times, but two and a half fumbles for Nebraska. By the way, oh, but one of those fumbles was September. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, two and a half fumbles, Nebraska. I'm going to have to go with the under on this one. Okay. I felt like there was a good focus on the, the old fumble ruski last week. Um, I thought that something that they really talked a lot about with Harbor getting back to the basics was two hands on the ball in the pocket, things like that. Um, I think he's going to be even more mindful about that as he tucks to run a shit ton this week. And um, so I'm going to go under. Mashu? I'm going to go under. I think it's going to be two. Yeah, it's pretty much where I'm at. I, I, think, I think we still put the ball on the ground, but three feels like a lot. We really only had one last week. Yeah. Yeah. Even though stats-wise, we showed up with two because the refs sucked. <laughs> <sighs> Enough with that. Question two. Tackles for loss by Nebraska's defense. Maryland allowed 12 last week to Penn State. Ooh. 
They have allowed 48 tackles for loss all season. 25 of them have been in the last three weeks. So over half of them have been in the last three weeks. That's against Illinois, Northwestern, and Penn State. Yeah. Penn State's a great defense. Their offensive line But Illinois sounds... and Northwestern are not big on getting to the quarterback. Their offensive Northwest... line sounds tired. Northwestern had nine. That's crazy. Uh, Nebraska has averaged 9.3 in the last three weeks. I'm going in between eight and a half and nine and a half. I haven't really settled on a number of this one yet. Which one do you think? Go lower. Okay. 8.5. I'll take the over. <laughs> what, do you want to say nine? No, I think it's going to be more than that, but oh. I like the insurance. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I, th- I, I think could, we're going to eat this week. I could have gone either way on that one. So. Especially after the way that the defense ended up playing last week. I, I expect the same kind of physicality that we did against Illinois. So the defense is coming out to fuck some shit up this week. Okay. So I've just pulled up their offensive line. They do not look small. They got a bunch of 300 pounders on here. Yeah, but they don't, if they're, they're not don't very small. good, it doesn't matter. No, you're right. I'm just yeah. saying, Matt, Matt said they look small. I'm no, like, I said I'm, they I'm sound tired. Up. Oh, they sound tired. I thought you said tiny. Sorry, my bad. I'm like, they do not. They actually, they kind of average just about 300 across the line, it looks like. Um, I feel like, especially if Principal's back this week, and you said, you know, they kind of live with throwing a lot of those swing passes out. We tend to get a couple of those swing passes every game, it seems like, behind the line. So, yeah, I'm going to go with over on 8.5. Um, I think it's closer to that 12 number that Penn State got. Um, I think the aggressiveness that we were lacking last week is something that Tony White's going to make a point of emphasizing this week. So, I'm getting it there. I think I'm going to call right now. Hutmaker gets a... Big Mac this week, and uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going way over. Okay, I'm going to go with the under. We've only gone over eight and a half twice this year, so I'm just using math, and I'm going to go with the under. I don't think it's going to be much under, but I'm going with the under. Hutmaker's going to be making some dookie on Talia's chest. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> laying that type on the chin. He's throwing a polar bear dump out there. <laughs> Question three, Nebraska rushing yards, 159 and a half. Nebraska uh, is averaging 146 per game since Michigan. Maryland is allowed 129 in the last three games. And Nebraska has only gone over 160 once since the Michigan game. So all that math tells me under, so I'm going under. Yeah, it's, but it's just kind of one of those Especially since defense still isn't that great. And, no, their and, defense and isn't that great. It's more, what is the emphasis going to be on Nebraska, and is this going to be the Harburg that we've seen in the past, you know, early in the season? I can't. That's kind of why I bumped it up a little bit. I can't say that I hope they make in-game adjustments, and if the pass is there, they use it without expecting us to use it. So, so I'm going under. There was a part of me that when I made this number, I thought it was a little high, but again, at the same time, it was kind of more of a question of how do you think that, Harburg's going to come out in this game. And how much do you trust that the coaches really put an emphasis on him running this week Mm -hmm. and not just trusting himself? And also, and I'm going to get to this question in a little bit, how much do you think we're going to pass the ball? So, Because of what the weather looks like and because it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a breezy, breezy, windy type of uh, Saturday morning in Memorial Stadium, I think we're going to run a lot. Like I said, I'm, I'm putting a lot of faith in what the coaches are able to do for Harburg this week and opening up his his ears a little bit 
uh, and, and the run lanes. So I think Nebraska goes over 200, probably 230 on the ground this week. Jesus. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing like three or four scores of 15-plus yards on the ground. Okay. I'm going with the under just because I do – I'm starting to get more towards the prove it with this running game because, again, it's been going down over the last handful of weeks every week. And I can't justify saying it's going to go over that. Question four, Maryland passing yards, 259 and a half. Maryland is averaging 280 per game. They've averaged 252 per game in October. Maryland has gone over 267 times this season. Nebraska is allowing 221 per game, and Nebraska has allowed 260 plus three times this year. So basically 260, 259 and a half. I'm going to go over. I was thinking the exact same thing. I think they're going to have to pass the ball. I think I'm going to go over. I I think we're going to play a lot between the 20s. We're going to go back to our more of a bend, don't break. Let our aggressiveness lead our defense, and that's going to give up some plays. Kind of like Tony White talked about him not wanting to do last week. But I don't think it gives up any major back-breaking plays. I think we're way more healthy this week than we have been for the last few weeks on defense. Uh, we've even got some extra key guys back there. Um, we're going to stay fresh. We're going to stay crisp. We're going to stay fast. Husker speed. <laughs> and um, if they're looking for those deep balls, that means the quarterback's back there longer, which means we can sack him more. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm thinking that they probably are going are gonna to pick up some yards. I don't think they pick up that many points. I'm this question turned really boring because I'm going with the over. We're all going over. <laughs> I I just think they're going to be able to throw the ball around. Question five. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, <laughs> they're going to pass the ball. That's like that's you, my you, wah, wah. You, you guys said that I, my positivity is ran dry. Just wait. <laughs> uh, question so five. No longer Patriots references. Oh, neg- negative Jed references. Question five. Points in the first quarter for Nebraska, five and a half. Nebraska has scored 13 points all season in the first quarter. So they're averaging 1.4 points per game in the first quarter. Maryland is allowing 5.7 points per game in the first quarter. So how do you come up with five and a half? Uh, basically, I'm... Do we if, score a touchdown? Do we score a quarter? touchdown or twice, two field goals? Under. Math. Nebraska has scored six points in the first quarter in Big Ten play. Under math. <laughs> I'm going over script. Over, not math. <laughs> What's the script? Score. A touchdown. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I do. Like, I, I feel like this is going to be that game that we're going to be able to tell probably the first drive of the game whether or not Harburg looks like mm-hmm. the Harburg that the coaches talked about on the podium just yesterday expecting to see this week. He either is or he isn't. And he, if he is... I'm going to hit on a lot of these fucking yes, questions this week. And, and if I'm he's gonna not, not, I'm going to look real fucking stupid. <laughs> and if he's not, we'll no longer be tied. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, exactly what you said. If if he hits, I'm going to probably score a zero this week. <laughs> if he doesn't so hit. So you don't have faith in them fixing Harburg. You think he's broken. No, not, not, I wouldn't go that far. Also, let's be honest. They can fix him and put him back to where he was. That still wasn't a phenomenal problem. It still product. wasn't great. He still wasn't yeah. throwing the ball even decent when he was running the ball that well. It's not like we were putting up a bunch of uh, points. 
I'm not expecting him to throw the ball this week. I'm not expecting him to be any better of a passer, but I'm expecting him to run the ball. I think, I still, I think we see a solid 75-plus yard game out of him. I still expect him to be a quarterback. Uh, it's a s- high expectation. Slow starts has been our MO all season. I got to go with the under. Nebraska defensive interceptions. Just basically, do we get one? It's point five. How how many uh, throws per game is he averaging? Tonga Vailoa. Yeah. I didn't see that. I just saw that he had uh, seven interceptions. He Tonga Vailoa has thrown seven interceptions. Nebraska has gained seven interceptions. You put it where? Uh, just are they going to get one? Basically, it, I put it at point five. I think with as much as they're going to be throwing the ball around, the opportunity is there. I'm taking mm-hmm. the over. How many games have they played? Uh, nine. Nine. I think. Every, I think everybody's played nine. I was going to say, we shouldn't still be seeing that many bye weeks. No. So 335 divided yeah, by so nine. Yes, they attempt 37 passes a game. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, you said it at one and a half or one? Just, just, just a Are half. they going to get half? I'm going with over. Okay. I'm going with over because uh, that was another thing Tony White mentioned in his, in his uh, press conference. Should was, I put it at one and a half? No, I think okay. you should leave it at a half because what do we have? One game where we have more than one? That's... Why I did it? Um, I think that's a fair number, and I'm. I mean, it sounds super fucking low and stupid, but at the same time, not one one and a half doesn't really. Defense doesn't get turnovers. I know, not one worthy. What was what was that stat? Were the worst turnover margin net net turnover margin since 2004? Yeah, by almost 50 a lot turnovers to the next Power Five school. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you guys what. That's a shit ton. If if Tommy Hill is as ball hungry as he was a couple weeks ago, we'll get one no problem. And he almost yeah. got one against Michigan State. Yep. And if they're going to throw the ball in the air forty fucking times yeah. in this game, he he's enough of an athlete yeah. he'll get that opportunity. Yep. Yeah. I I could also see like a one of those moments where Talia's running around back there. He's been known to to chuck someone up to try and make chuck something one happen. up to try and make something happen or try and throw back across the field. Uh, to a running back sitting over there as a safety guy and seeing Prince will jump that route and run a pick six or yeah, some shit his, like that. His brother in the NFL still makes those mistakes. It runs in the you, family. Oh, yeah. You want to you see Prince will go from where he is now to like instant fucking Nebraska legend superstar? I can't believe you guys aren't saying his actual name. <laughs> Your mama yell it. <laughs> I'm going with the over without everything that you guys are saying. They're just, they're going to throw a lot. Uh, Tommy Hill had three in the previous two weeks. He almost had one uh, against Michigan State. I think it, him by I almost put it as Tommy Hill interceptions at point five, but I was just like, let's just do. How a many team. times does Tommy Hill catch a ball in this game? <laughs> is Tommy Hill Nebraska's <laughs> leading receiver? Is he going to randomly try and catch a kick? <laughs> is he uh, going to ask for the ball when we're returning one? <laughs> yeah. Will he randomly catch a punt when he's supposed to be blocking? Yeah, that's. Question seven, I'm kind of going back to the old well at the start of the season. Punt return yards by Nebraska. Doesn't matter who's back there, just punt return yards. Because I I think that coming off of the Michigan State game, what they did, you hear the coaches on the podium post-game, Monday, Tuesday, they talked about how much of a mistake that was and how they want to, like, actually try. They They owned the shit out of that. They did. Before you say your number, under. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Well, the number better be point, point five. It's not, but... What is it? So, basically, we've had uh, our longest punt return of the season is eight yards. 
the most punt return yards we've had in a game is eight yards. So I'm going to see if we get above any of that. So 8.5. That's such trash. Set it at four and a half. Why? Why, why does it have to be our best punt return game? I'll go under. Who gives okay. a shit? I'll go under. Set it at eight and a half. Set it at four and a half. Set it at a half. Under. <laughs> if it was a half, if it was, even if it was four and a half, I think I'd do it. They can say whatever the fuck they want. They're not. That is not the emphasis of the game. We're not trying to return those. Uh, because there's a lot of my picks that I'm hoping that I'm right. You know, I'm I'm not for Nebraska's sake. I'm hoping that I'm not hoping that I'm right. But for the picks, I am. I'm kind of gambling a little bit this week. I'm gonna gamble again and go with you over. Did you set it eight and a half or four and a half? Eight and a half. You're a fucking <laughs> madman this week. Oh man. Jed's all over the board. His first half of his questions you know were no. all negative. No. And now he's this, over on everything. This, this all makes sense. He was negative the entire time because he was saving up all that pent up positivity for this one fucking question. <laughs> Jesus. This is a You're fucking, insane. This is a mental trap. <laughs> Last question, number eight. Nebraska pass attempts. 20 and a half. They average 20.8 per game. And Nebraska has gone over or Nebraska has gone over 20 and a half four times this season. Let me ask you this before we we answer this question. Do you think we're down early in this game? But when is early? First half. Down by two scores at any point in the first half. Yes. No. I don't see us being down by two scores at any point in this game. Well, I think that's that's what you look to to answer this question. If you think we're going to be down by two plus scores in the first half, I think it, the answer almost has to be over. Just simply from a standpoint of 20 and a half is not that many. And you look at last week, we were down by 10 points at one point and we threw the ball 28 times. That being said, I don't think we're going to be down by two scores in the first half, so I'm going under. Okay. I think they're going to wise up. I don't think they're going to put the ball in the air that much, unless we do see Purdy come out and throw the ball around a little bit. Which we won't. <laughs> um, I'm from a, it's, a good, it's a good set. I'm going to take the under, too, but I think it'll be close. This is a Matt Mental Trap question right here, because he wants to see us throw the ball more. He likes throwing the ball more, but he also doesn't think so. I do. I like giving our receivers an opportunity, but obviously if you're going to throw a duck 40 yards past where you're trying to throw it, it's not going to work. Or straight to a Michigan State player. I'm not really worried well, about If we see a Michigan State player on the field this week, we got problems. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not worried about how far we're down in the first half. It's Most of our passes last week were in the fourth quarter when we were down or late third quarter and all that stuff. And I think we are going to be down. So yeah, I'm when we were down by 10 points when we shouldn't have been. Yeah. So but I don't think that'll happen. Okay. I'm going with the over on this one. And that's all I got. Fair. Game kicks off at 11 a.m. on Saturday. It is on the vaunted Peacock Network. Vaunted? Uh, yeah. Look it up. Um, <laughs> so the, I this, forgot. This is this is NBC coverage. This is on the the NBC app. Um, I from everybody that I, I there's been so much bitching about this game being on. Guys, you can get a free free trial for seven days. Go sign up for it today. It'll be still good on Saturday. You can watch it, and then you can throw it away and never, never fucking think about it ever again. Or keep it if you care about basketball, and you can watch the Nebraska basketball team on there all the time. Like, yeah, you whatever. can do that, too, if you want to watch Nebraska basketball. Um, <laughs> it's going to be 46 degrees at kick is what they're saying. Uh, like I already talked about a little bit, um, they're expecting some wind during this game. They said uh, 
South-southeast by 13 miles per hour, wind gusts up to 30 miles an hour. Humidity is high, and precipitation is zero expectation. Cloud cover in the 40s. I just wanted to point it out. I, I did look it up. Vaunted was mostly used in World War II, you old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the weather is going to be pretty much perfect for yeah. a fall, run the ball, early morning game in Lincoln. I think this game sets up for it to be kind of tired in the first half. Um, the other thing that you have to remember is they do play most of their games an hour ahead of us. Um, so it's going to feel more like a noon game to them rather than an 11 a.m. kick. Um, and everything in my body wants to say Nebraska comes out and smashes, smashes, smashes. I don't think that's going to be the case. Over-under on this is 44.5. I think that's a wildly high number. The only way that we get there, I think, is if they go up big early and we have to scratch and claw our way back. But um, I'm definitely taking the under on that. They have or, uh, Maryland favored by 2.5. I have seen this line go to three and a half, one and a half, two and a half, zero, back to two and a half. Seen it kind of all over the place. I think two and a half is a good number. I think it should have gone the other direction. I have Nebraska winning this. I think that uh, you take Nebraska and the points there easy. Play the money line if you want to to make a little bit of extra money. Uh, it's not that high. So, Matt, what do you got? I really don't like my answer, but. I'm taking under and Maryland in this game. The reason I'm taking Maryland is I think they're a much better team than Michigan State is, and we lost last week. So I'm I'm happy with being wrong. I, actually, I'd be ecstatic if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. See, but um, I think we're a much better team than we played last week. I think it's on the coaches to prove that. That's fair. I have been battling this pick all week. I truly have no fucking clue. I barely even know what I'm going to do right now. I, I am so conflicted on how the hell this game is going to go. Uh, I just, I don't know what team is going to show up. I don't know which Heinrich Harburg is going to show up. I don't know which defense is going to show up. I don't know which offense for Maryland is going to show up. I just have no damn clue. With all that being said, Nebraska struggles to score. Maryland can score. Unfortunately, I got to go with you, Matt. I got Maryland winning this game. I think it will probably go with the over on the total, but uh, I just think I don't know that we can keep up scoring with them. Not that I think that Maryland's going to score a shit ton. You think it's going to over forty four? Yeah, wow, I just okay. I just don't know that we can't score with pe- teams that can score. And whether it's the Heinrich Harburg of Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech or not, we struggle to score. And I, I can't go along with that as far as winning a game like this. My thoughts for this game kind of go back to the Colorado game. That's what scares me. Yeah. That it might. You think it's just going to kind of unravel in the second half? It might get out of hand. Just because they do have the ability to pass the ball around like that. Mm-hmm. And that is the, if we have a weakness. They don't have the athletes, though, that Colorado had at the skill position. No, but they have the offense. That's fair. I don't know. I think it, I think a lot of it comes down to how the ball breaks early. I think if we can get on top of them, we have a good shot in this game. I think if we fall behind, we are fucked. Absolutely. Do you guys think the railroading that they've taken up the ass for the last four weeks in a row is going to affect them at all in this game? Absolutely. Yeah. They were never right after the Ohio State game. No. 
But I guess it th- showed. But but that's part of it. Like I don't know which Maryland team is going to show up. And then they just got refucked by Penn State. Yeah. So I mean, they they might be beaten down enough that it's a good thing for us. Yeah. Or I, they might have zero fucks to give and come out and play with zero abandon. Like this could very easily be whoever wins the first quarter is going to win the game. Exactly. In in the last four games, they've given up 149 points. Yeah. I think that. I think actually I'm going to flip my pick on the over-under. I think I am going to go with the over. And I think we end up winning this game somewhere in the neighborhood of 32-13. We score 30? Yes. We did it We did it once this year. Okay. We had to block a field goal to do it, but we got there. 32-13, boys. I hope so. Matt, you got a score prediction? Fuck, no, I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I, I know just, Jed won't, but... I just don't know. Even if I did do score predictions, 20, I'm so tw- confused by this game. Tw- 24 to 20. 21 to 17. 19. <laughs> 3 to 2. 15. Who <laughs> like, fucking knows? It's going to be a weird game. <laughs> Go Big Red. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornhusker football history. 